Welcome to the Retire Well Podcast, the show that focuses on showing you how to get the most out of your retirement. Each week, we're going to dive into topics that affect people just like you. Ways to save money on your healthcare costs, smart income planning strategies, estate planning tools, and a whole lot more. We're going to get straight to the point with short episodes of 20 minutes or less on the information that you need to know to be able to retire well. I'm your host and retirement specialist, Kelly Racicott. Thanks for tuning in to this week's show. Now let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. If it's your first time here, I am very glad you found us. This is the place where we talk about all things retirement on the Retire Well podcast, and this is episode number 24. So last week on the show, I dropped a hint that I have something new that I'm working on, and if you happen to be in Cambria County area, um, I'm going to be hosting an enhanced planning workshop at the Young People's Community Center in Evansburg on January 23rd and 24th. So if you happen to be listening from that part of Western PI, you can call my office to register and claim your spot. And all of that contact info is going to be down in the show notes for you. Um, And so to go along with that this week, um, this week on the show, I want to talk about asset transfer and specifically who's going to get your assets when you're gone. And I'm going to share with you some of the most common mistakes that I see people make when planning for this type of transfer. Now, if any of this applies to you, don't feel badly. I want you to know that it can be corrected. But I just want to jump right into it today, all right? The top three mistakes people make in estate planning, drum roll, coming in at number three, I've got a trust, so I'm good. And so I'm going to cover this one first because this one's kind of like a gut punch. You know, if you took the time and the expense of meeting with an attorney to set up a trust, that tells me, one, you know how you want your assets to be distributed, And two, that it's pretty darn important to you. And so if that's the case, how would you feel if it didn't work out quite how you planned? My guess is not too happy about it. And this happens all the time. And I get it. You met with an attorney, you met the cost, and you've got this handsome leather binder that looks very official. So why wouldn't you think that it was done and taken care of? Now, don't go getting mad at your your attorney here. Your attorney set you up, all right? But things change. And if you don't update the trust to reflect those changes, then that fancy binder is nothing more than a fancy binder, all right? So I want you to think about a trust like a box, a box that comes with a set of rules. Now, you can put anything you want inside of the box, and whatever's in the box, whenever you pass away, is going to follow those rules. But if it's not in the box doesn't follow those rules okay so if you buy a second home um, or if you move or you buy land that new property needs to be added to the trust and any new account that you might have opened up over the years needs to be added to the trust did you get a divorce or did someone else in the family get a divorce did you add any new additional members to the family keeping the trust up-to-date ensures that you don't disinherit anyone, or for that matter, that you do disinherit someone if that's your wish. That can go either way. All right, but not only does your life change, 
But the law can also change, and any type of new legislation can affect the planning that you've done. So when our government makes changes like they just did recently with the SECURE Act, you need to be to be paying very close attention to how that's going to affect the planning that you've set up. All right. So if your trust was set up, let's say pre-SECURE Act, and you have IRAs that list the trust as your beneficiary, you could have a tax problem. The trust is going to pay those federal income taxes at the trust rate, which is generally higher than an individual's tax rate. So can you do this? List your trust as the beneficiary to your IRA? Yeah, you can, but it could be very costly to do so, and even more so now since the SECURE Act. All right, now let me explain. So the SECURE Act drastically changed how beneficiaries can receive your qualified retirement accounts, like your IRA. So you already know that saving into your IRA, you didn't pay any income tax on that money. You deferred it. So it's fully taxable to you when you take those distributions, right? So once you reach a certain age, and that age now is 73, you need to take what's called the required minimum distribution distribution, an amount that the IRS says that you need to take from your account so you can pay tax on that money. All right. In the past, your beneficiaries were able to kind of stretch out those distributions as long as they took the required minimum distribution that you were supposed to be taking. They could stretch that out over a longer period of time. But the SECURE Act changed that and said, nope, you need to clear that account within 10 years. Unless, of course, you're the spouse. The spouse gets a different set of rules here. But um, generally speaking, the IRS doesn't necessarily care how or when you take that money so long as it's fully distributed in a 10-year period. And by the way, the tax owed is at the beneficiary's tax rate. So in your retirement, if you were in a relatively low tax bracket, but your children are in a higher tax bracket, the tax is going to be paid at the higher tax bracket. So if you're planning on passing an IRA, it may be worth considering converting some of that over to Roth IRAs. Roth IRAs are tax-free benefit. So the tax could be paid at a lower tax rate and then distributed to your beneficiaries on a tax-free basis. So my point here is ultimately things change. Um, life changes. The unexpected happens and Congress could turn a good plan into a not so good plan with any type of new tax legislation. So the lesson here, you've got to review your trust documents on a regular basis. Okay. The number two common estate planning mistake is not choosing beneficiary designations. All right. This is super common um, that I see an estate listed as the beneficiary of an account, whether it's a life insurance or an investment account. If the asset you have gives you the opportunity to list a designated beneficiary, you should do that. All right. Beneficiary designation is a contract and a contract bypasses the probate process. And if you list your estate as the beneficiary, well, then you just put it right back into the probate process. And that means instead of you deciding who gets the asset, the court is going to decide who gets it through probate. 
And this is so, so common. So if this is you, if you've got your estate listed as the beneficiary of your IRA or your life insurance policy or any type of investment accounts, I strongly urge you to revisit that, all right? Now along these same lines um, of the beneficiary being the contract, being a contract, the next thing I wanna mention here is having the wrong beneficiaries listed on the contract. Remember, a beneficiary designation does not go to probate. So if the beneficiary of your life insurance policy is your first husband and you're on your third marriage, well, your current spouse may not be too happy with you when you're gone, all right? Now, seriously, I see this happen all the time, all right? It does not matter what your will says either. Okay, so let me give you another example. Let's say that you listed your sister as the beneficiary of, a, of an investment account because you were single and you didn't have any kids. So three years later, you got married and you had a baby. And your will says that your spouse gets the investment. But your sister is the designated beneficiary. Guess what? Your sister's getting that money. Yes, all right? So make sure that your beneficiaries are correct because again, they bypass the probate process and it does not matter what your will says, the beneficiary designation trumps everything else, all right? So the next thing I'll mention here is you wanna make sure your beneficiaries are suited to accept the asset. And so what do I mean by this? You know, there are some people who may not be it just may not be a good idea to list them as your beneficiary. All right, so it's generally not advisable to list a minor child as a beneficiary. A minor is unable to receive the asset until they reach the age of majority. And if they're a dependent on if they're dependent on that asset, they may or may not have access to what they need or what you would have wanted for them. So a trust would come into play in this situation to ensure that they were taken care of in the way you would have wanted them to, okay? But don't leave your kids, minor kids, as a beneficiary, okay? You'll also want to make sure that your beneficiary is competent to receive the asset. It's not advisable to list an individual who has any type of um, intellectual disability or who may be incapacitated in any way. Um, so again, if you have a spouse who is facing Alzheimer's or dementia and is unable to, um, to receive that asset and make good decisions on that asset, but you probably had your spouse listed as a beneficiary at one point in time, may be advisable to, to revisit. It is advisable to revisit that. On top of that, if this person is receiving any type of government assistance, like Medicaid, for example, this windfall of an inheritance could exclude them from receiving any type of benefits that they're receiving and they need. So again, you may very well wish to provide for this person, but a trust would need to be set up in order to accomplish this in the most efficient way. All right. And I'm going to say this here too. Do not list your pet as a beneficiary. Don't laugh because I've seen this and we've all heard of the crazy stories of someone leaving a fortune to their cat Fluffy. All right, I'm sorry, but Fluffy cannot receive an asset. There are ways, however, you can ensure that your beloved pet is taken care of in the event of your death. 
but just know that the life insurance company is not going to make a check out to Fluffy the cat. All right. So the last thing I'll mention here is um, make sure that you don't forget to list a contingent beneficiary. You can think of a contingent beneficiary as kind of like a backup beneficiary. If your primary beneficiary predeceases you or if you both pass away at the same time, then and only then will the contingent beneficiary come into play. So this is really important because you can do everything else right you can have all of your beneficiary designations just how you want them in the event of your death so that your family is well taken care of. But if you and your spouse happen to be in the car at the same time in an accident and you both die, now everything goes to probate. Whereas if you would have simply listed a contingent, that wouldn't have happened. So um, I see it all the time where the contingent just kind of gets bypassed because you know, you might have your primary beneficiary's social or address or whatever, but the contingent you don't have, so they skip it or just list the estate. Very, very important. Make sure you've got a contingent beneficiary listed. All right. And um, the number one, here we are already, the number one mistake that people make in regards to their estate planning is simply procrastination. Listen, I get it. Planning your estate isn't exactly what anybody would call a good time. But if you're make if making sure that your assets go where you want them to go, if that's important to you, then it needs to be done. If preserving the peace and the harmony in your family is important to you, then it needs to be done. Okay? And if protecting your family legacy is important to you, then it needs to be done. All right. So, I mean, just take a look. Take a look at the absolute debacle of Prince's estate. Yeah, that Prince. One of the most successful musicians of all time, and quite wealthy by any standard. Prince died at the age of 57 back in, I think, 2016. It might have been 2015. But his estate took six years to settle. Six years to settle. Tens of millions of dollars were paid to attorneys, court costs and administrative fees and during that six-year probate process two of his heirs passed away and another two of them were in their 80s and in the in the end his estate was valued at like 156 million dollars and on top of all of that train wreck that he left for his heirs the lack of tax planning also had his estate paying the fed 40 percent 40% went to the IRS and another 16% went to the state of Minnesota. So Prince certainly had the means to prepare for his estate for his eventual passing, but he procrastinated and he left an absolute nightmare behind for his heirs. Now I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that most of you listening don't have estates of this size, but the principle here is the same. Don't be like Prince. Don't leave a train wreck for your loved ones. Take action. No one is gifted tomorrow and you get one chance to play the estate planning game and you need to get it right. Your family will be glad that you did. All right. So if this is an area of planning that you'd like to learn a little bit more about and you happen to be in the Cambria County area on January 23rd and 24th, I'm going to be um, presenting my enhanced planning workshop at the Young People's Community Center on Prave Street in Evansburg. Um, I would love to have you and you can register for your spot by calling my office directly 814 814- 
419-8424. And if you're not in the area and you've got questions, shoot me an email at kelly at yourhrsagent.com. I would love to hear from you. But that's it for this week's show, and I will see you back here next week. Thanks so much for tuning into this week's episode of the Retire Well Podcast. Our goal here is always to bring you value and share insights to make your retirement everything you always hoped it would be. I would be forever grateful if you would leave us a review because that helps more people find the show and please share it wherever you share things on social media. Thanks again and I hope to see you back here next week. The preceding information does not constitute tax, legal, or investment advice. All opinions and information shared in this episode is for informational purposes only and should not be acted upon without the assistance of a qualified and licensed professional. Any guarantees mentioned are subject to the strength and claims paying ability of the insurance company and any mention of rates or performance are subject to change without notice. Kelly Racicott is the agency owner of Hometown Retirement Specialists, LLC. If you have questions about the show, Kelly or Hometown Retirement Specialists, please visit us on the web at yourhrsagent.com and you can find our full disclosure in the show notes.